it's just the whole thing you learned like in kindergarten climax and whatever <laughs> that maybe that's you learned that in kindergarten no um like the <laughs> rising action falling action the climax all of those terms <laughs> um <laughs> and claire's just completely silent no i think that uh hey i'm brenna and i'm ac and welcome to an obsessive nature where we're geeks but we're also writers now All right, today's episode, we're going to talk about the best things that we've learned about writing over the years um, from like classes, from books, from people, from whatever. And uh, I think it'll be interesting because I feel like I've learned a lot from certain things and so have you. So let's chat. Can I just say you can tell that we are in quarantine because we're talking so much longer than normal? Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I agree. What else is there to do? So a lot of mine, I'm just going to clump this first one into like one thing, um, are from this screenwriter slash Pixar lecturer, Brian McDonald, who I first found on a podcast and then actually got to um, go to some in-person classes with. And mm -hmm. he is a dyslexic like me. Um, and I really find his, so it's kind of like a combination, interestingly, of books and classes, because I have his book too, um, books, several of his books. But I just really love the way he approaches it from such a bird's eye view, storytelling, yeah, um, as like something that's ingrained into human nature. It's like a survival instinct, and we tell stories to pass information along. Um, and then even like stories that aren't designed to pass along information can be almost like junk food in terms of it can, cause you, the way your brain is hardwired, you're always trying to figure out what the lesson is from a story. Mm -hmm. So if there isn't anything there, or if it's something that's kind of like fucked up, it can really mess with your brain. And I do think that's true. Um... I've been thinking about it a lot lately with, uh, surprise, surprise, romance storylines. I was actually thinking of the way they would do it on Disney Channel and, like, specifically Hannah Montana, where it'd be, like, some of uh, That famous scene where she'd have two pictures of the boys and one would one flew away and... <laughs> yeah, or, like, they would always end up in this wonderful relationship with this, like, cute guy who's nice and everything, and then as soon as they're together, because they have to keep it interesting it just yeah. like turns into a different person and like that is yeah. i mean maybe sometimes that happens but normally there's like warning signs that it's really important to pay attention to and yeah. like i don't know i think not that i want to blame everything on my consumption of trash childhood tv but i think montana was not trash childhood tv <laughs> well um according to brian mcdonald it would be I just yeah, mean like I mean, it's not written. In I think it was way. trashier than the other shows, but <laughs> when they throw this kind of stuff together, there's no like they're not trying to teach people how to do romance. They're trying to be funny. No. And yeah. I think you can do both. So yeah. just saying. I think you can do both. So Yeah. Anyways, I guess that was more of a soapbox than what I've learned. But it No, is... I mean yeah. I think that's I I think that's interesting, no. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely informs the way I sit down and write. 
100%. Which is important. I think one of the huge things for me is learning the importance of not filtering, um, which is something I didn't even know I was really doing. But when I got a response from an agent who said, like, I want you to revise this and focus on the voice, um, which is really awesome to get a revise and resubmit from an agent. Um, And that was my first one. So I, this agent was like, I love it, but there's needs to be work on the voice and like a couple other plot things she wanted me to change, which I happily did. Um, And I worked with a beta reader who I found on Facebook and she, cause I'm a part of a bunch of different like beta reader groups with a beta reader is just basically somebody that will read your story for free and will help you with it. I mean, it's essentially what you do in creative writing classes. It's what you do in school when you're little. I mean, when you guys revise each other's papers, whatever. So she was this beta reader who was really like harsh, but I like, it was something I really needed. Her name was, her name was Melissa. Um, and I realized like I was filtering basically by saying like, I feel this, like I watch as this happens. Like it was basically just coming from, that's why the voice was so off because it was like coming from a different, it was like not her. It was more like, I feel this happening to me. Not like this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. It was just the use of these kind of words like in front of it. Um, and also with the same thing, I also read the emotional craft of fiction by Donald Mass, um, who's an agent. I think he has an agency. Um, and it was like a game changer because it was all about basically that voice and basically the entire like not filtering is basically just being more emotional um, with how you write. And it, the book asks you kind of like a series of questions about your protagonist. And some of them were like, a stronger person would blank, like a better protagonist would do this. Like it was just a lot of different like prompts that really helped me when I was editing it for this agent. Um, and the like I filtered so much and I think that that beta reader just helped me like change the way I I wrote for the better and I'm very grateful for that um that's nice yeah that agent eventually when I in case you're curious that agent by the time I resubmitted my manuscript she wasn't taking any more new clients and now she's not even an agent anymore (laughs) (laughs) but it was still very important that that happened because I changed like a lot of what I um a lot of my manuscript for the better definitely so okay my next one is a series of sticky notes. Can you take a picture of me on Zoom holding them up? I Jesus. feel like, because I feel like that just is so, it's such a great embodiment of what is going on right now, at least for me. Yes. Hold on. Done. <laughs> so these are um, from BJ Novak on The Office, um, like, <sighs> meaning like he's talking about writing The Office. Um, <laughs> And they really spoke to me. The first one I wrote down is that people want to engage with entertainment that gives them hope and shows them how to navigate a world that they already know is scary with like a glimmer of happiness and positivity. That is so how I want to approach storytelling. And I think it was so hard to find people who are interested in that in school. Yeah. Um, people just get so artsy and like want to be negative all the time and that's just not where i come from creatively. yeah so i really really love that quote um he also as wrote down writing has to do something for the audience and to indulge yourself and make it something you really love so that when it doesn't work you have the motivation to fix it and i wrote those down together because i feel like um if you indulge yourself, you will make something that does something for at least someone out there. 
Because even yeah. if you're unique, you're not that special. <laughs> yeah. You're like not the only person who goes through something. Um, and then I love this one too. Uh, the office works because of character, because characters are at different levels of self-awareness and that's a great way to create humor. And I love little mm. like things that give you insight into how something works. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's so true. Like that's the whole series in a nutshell is that they're at different levels of awareness. Like that explains all the sexual stuff that Phyllis does that explains like all the stuff with Dwight, Michael, even like how oblivious Pam is to Jim's affections. Like, yeah. Oh, so, and I love writing advice that makes me excited. That definitely does. Yeah. Those are all so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my next one is probably a pretty obvious one to anyone that, I don't know, is a writer, but the whole save the cat story structure. Um, I didn't actually learn this originally from writing. I learned it from, um, videography because I was a journalism major and I studied photo and video and I learned it more there in terms of creating a documentary, um, but there's a specific save because save the cat originally is based is a book um based on screen or it's for screenwriters but then they another person um wrote one that's based on writing novels and it's basically the idea like save the cat basically means like have your protagonist do something right away or something that makes you want to follow them mm -hmm. um but it's the whole like beat sheet is what it's called and it's just the way a, like pretty much all stories are structured and i think that that's I don't know somebody I'm actually not really you would think I'm a planner like you would think I like outline stories or whatever but because I wrote like a lot of these books years and years ago I actually wrote them completely like what's called pantsing like completely just as it came out of my head mm -hmm. I feel like now I would probably be more of a plotter if I wrote like more new stuff now but um and the stuff I do write like more now is more uh like plotted out like that and I think the the save the cat, like the typical three act structure is super important for anyone. And I, I mean, most people kind of do it without realizing it um, because it's kind of so ingrained. Like, it's just the whole thing you learned like in kindergarten climax and whatever <laughs> that maybe that's you learn that in kindergarten. No, um, like the <laughs> rising action, falling action, the climax, all of those terms. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aunt Claire's just completely silent. No, I think that, uh, and another quote from that book that I really love is a hero is proactive and important and worthy of having an entire novel revolve around them. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the whole basis of the book is the protagonist should be someone that you want to read about. And it's not, they can be a dick, but they have to have redeeming qualities Yeah, <laughs> in some way, shape or form. So, mm, so cute. Oh yeah. Um, so I think I'm just gonna, throw out the things like more specific examples from Brian that yeah. are coming to my mind. Um, like, so it kind of builds off what you were saying. I think um, maybe in a way, I don't really know. Cause I, like you were saying, I am such a planner, I think rather than a pantser just cause I don't know. It's what I, I always want to say something specific and mm -hmm. I like, almost to a fault I get lost in planning sometimes sometimes you just got to sit down and start which is what I've yeah. learned through like writing articles and whatever but I really love the survival kind of approach of storytelling one of my favorite things is all stories are either 
get food, don't become food, or make tiny versions of yourself. That's like hmm. the three different types of stories. Um, yeah. And it's our most basic human instincts. And um, and it's not always literal. Like, uh, don't become food could be like, don't be a victim. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it really is. It's impossible, at least for me, it's been impossible to think of anything. Like, you throw things out there, and if you really think about it, everything, like all romance stories are make tiny versions of yourself. Um, you know, it's just like, yeah. it, and it, to me, that's cool because it helps you kind of, my mind goes all over the place, as I'm sure uh, our listeners won't yes. be surprised to uh, hear. <laughs> so it's nice to be able for me to kind of simplify it like that. Um, cause then I think, well, what does my character want? Okay. It, whatever they want is going to boil down to one of those three basic things and then when mm -hmm. i do that i can kind of like cut out all the fat because i think i've discovered uh because i filter myself so much in a different way from what you were talking about i just kind of it's so hard for me to get started i just have to sit down and start and then i know i have these tools in my pocket in my pocket to kind of <laughs> fix it later i don't know if yeah any of that made sense but no it definitely did Okay, cool. <laughs> hmm. Story I I have a book, um, another book called Writing Great Books for YA. It's by Regina Brooks, who I think is also an agent. Um, and I just think, I don't know, I just wanted to shout it out because it was a great like starting point for anyone that wants to write YA. It's like super it's basically written for adults that need to learn how to talk in teenage voices. <laughs> um, and because I kind of wrote my books when I was a teenager anyway. Um, it's not like, I didn't really need to use that part, but I, what helped me a lot was a section on dialogue, which was like, basically the main thing that I took away from it was your dialogue shouldn't draw attention to itself. Like, mm. because that's ugh, when there's bad dialogue, it ruins the entire, like, it's just dialogue is so hard because you want to be true to real life, but it's also really difficult. Cause I always wanted to be like really dramatic with my dialogue. Like for instance, I'll like, constantly say i'll constantly write the person's name like i'm sure a lot of people do this they'll be like they'll write the, the character's yeah. name and before they're saying it like because they're just it's trying to be more dramatic but like we yeah. don't do that in real life you don't say the person's name every like i don't know so i think that helped me a lot with dialogue especially not so much like how to write like a teenager but um just in terms of how to not be so over the top with it and basically you don't really want to you don't want to really notice it which is the way that it should be um yeah which I was super important. I think that book is just like a great, I didn't read it till after I had already like really, there's a lot of these craft books I bought like kind of all at the same time. And it was way after I had obviously started writing these books. And I think that it definitely did help me though, in terms of learning about the industry and whatnot. And also going off that, Alexa Dunn is an author, a YA author, and she has a YouTube channel that is really, really informative and basically it was how I learned about the publishing industry period. So, <laughs> and I think that was the gigantic, gigantically important <laughs> Yeah. for someone that wants to be a published author. It was very important. And I had never really focused on it. Like I never really learned about, do you actually make money? And obviously you don't, but <laughs> um, that's not what I care about. That's not what I've ever cared about, but I think it's, it was very interesting to kind of learn actually how the industry works. And I had never really dove into that before. So. 
th- those are all the things that I've learned. Yeah. Do you have more more amazing quotes from BJ? <laughs> no, but I just have one um, little thing that has been useful for me in my getting over the um, stuck in the first draft thing. It's really simple. I think it's something Stephen King does. <laughs> um, like, because I'll get stuck rewriting and rewriting and rewriting a sentence. And so now what I've learned to do is if there's a word that I don't like or... I don't like the first half of the sentence or whatever, just without stopping in the moment, as soon as I think of it, I put the criticism in brackets or the thing that needs to be fixed in brackets and then keep going. Yeah. So that your notes yeah. are there, um, but that, you know, you can move on. I so. do that too. Yeah. Because you can get really hung up on yeah. like, oh, I know I have to fix this or I've I think I've talked about this before, how in one of like my stories, I literally just left out all of the boring parts like I literally just didn't write them mm-hmm. and not like boring but like just the transition stuff like yeah. I just didn't write it so now I'm kind of like going back and revising and it's basically rewriting because there's a lot of stuff that never got never got on the page in the first place but yeah. that's just like if you want that's kind of what happens when you're just writing and writing and you get in this space and you don't want to lose it so you're like oh my god let me just quickly take a note of this or skip over this scene so I can mm-hmm. figure out and get as much on the page as I can. So, yeah, it's really important to, to yeah get to that space where you can just kind of get things down. But it's so hard. It's so hard. Writing is so hard. <laughs> and you would think with all this time, that's all I'd be doing. I know. Right? Absolutely not. I'm. Well, none of my work schedule. I mean, has I'm work. I'm working. So yeah, my yeah. work schedule hasn't changed either. I mean, luckily, we're very lucky. But yeah. it's just yeah. And hey, we're recording this um, March 31st, just to let you know, because maybe we'll be all out of this by the time this episode comes out. Or maybe the world will be over. <laughs> or maybe the world will little, literally be over. But um, yeah, I, wanna... I was saying that we should be writing, but we're not. So we will eventually. I mean, since yeah. I won't be able to date for like probably years. Yeah, probably. Yep. I'm just on one continuous date. Yeah. Good for you, Berna. <laughs> work from home, yep. <laughs> work from home date constantly. <laughs> well, thanks for listening guys. And we'll see you soon. And I hope that you learn stuff about writing. And yeah. I don't know if any writers actually listen to us, but <laughs> if you're not a writer, then you should just write something. I'm sure you'll be great. <laughs> if you are a writer, you should write a review and let us know. your. Oh, good one. Good one. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. Oh my God. Thanks for listening. Don't hesitate to let us know what you think or suggest a new discussion topic. You can email us at anobsessivenature at gmail.com or use the Ask Me Anything tab on our stupid Tumblr, anobsessivenature.tumblr.com. <laughs> See you next time. Did you hear that? No. Okay, whatever. It was an apocalyptic sound, but that shouldn't be surprising. <laughs>